0: Hello, and God bless you. This is Pastor Jeremy, and what a delight to be with you on this Tuesday, December the 22nd of 2020. We, we want to welcome you, uh, joined today by Brother Marty and Brother Fernando. We always consider it an honor and a privilege to be able to study the Word of God together and fellowship in the Word. We want to welcome all our listeners wherever you are tuning in from. Uh, Thank you for taking out of your time uh, to come together and be with us in such a time like this. I always say if there was ever a time that we need to fellowship in the word, it is now more than ever before. Lately, we've been speaking, uh, we've had tremendous few days speaking on the, the ordinances of heaven. We've been speaking about the gospel in the heavens. Very tremendous uh, discussions that we've been having in studies, and uh, I know it's been, I will pray that it's been a blessing to you. Well, today we're going to get into the Word of God and give as much time as we can to the study of the Word. So, Brother Marty, we'll leave it to you to share what God has placed in your heart as we study the Word of God together.
1: Amen. We're looking forward to today's podcast as we we have a a new word that we want to share with you today. Just want to make an announcement to all of our uh, underground radio-free church listeners out there. We're so glad that you have uh, been with us. Many of you have been with us from the beginning in March, and uh, we've come to to today, uh, December the 22nd. And uh, we know this is Christmas week, a lot of families gathering, so forth and so on. So we're going to, if you don't mind, we're going to take uh, the rest of the week uh, off to spend time with our families this Christmas season. However, uh, we, we really feel in our heart that, uh, you know, that if if you would like, which we're going to do, we're going to take some selected messages from the last 10 months, almost now the year 2020, and we're going to post them. So you'll have Mm -hmm. uh podcasts uh, uh, tomorrow through, through the remainder of the week. And, and I, and I encourage you to listen to them. Uh, the ones that we select uh, for the next three days, and that you would uh, really reflect on what what the Lord has revealed to all of us. I think it's, uh, I listened to a couple of them today uh, and yesterday, which uh, I was really um, amazed, actually, at at the things that the Lord showed us and the things that we discussed and the things that uh, we were privileged to share with you, um, uh, you know, that were from several months back. Um, and And what transpired throughout the year twenty twenty so we 're going to take this week and and wednesday uh through friday will be a a a uh, a look back over the over the last ten months of podcasts and so we encourage you uh to continue to study as we will of course and and also to enjoy your families be praying for us We will be back on Monday as we close out the year together and we're looking forward to that. So again, we'll remind you at the end of the broadcast again, Brother Jeremy will, uh, and, uh, and we're going to get into our study today. Amen. So it's been a great privilege and a great honor to have spent this, this time with you. And we're looking forward to closing out the balance of the year as the Lord continues to put his word and, and, and his guidance into our hearts. You know, the Bible says thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Well, last night I don't know if you were all able to do it, but uh, some people could see it, some couldn't, depending on where they're located. Uh, I went out last night onto a onto a hill, a mountain, out here outside outside the city where we live, and uh, <clears throat> we were able to see the great conjunction of 2020. You'll still be able to see it, um, and, and it's a quite a spectacular sight. I went out there with my family, and we we saw. Uh, that sign in the heavens that we were talking about all last all last week and we encourage those of you just joining us if you didn't hear uh last week's podcast uh we dealt with the constellations in the heavens the ordinances uh of god as he as he wrote and inscribed around the visible arc of the universe around the planet earth uh the gospel and the stars and we and we really looked at it from from many points of view we pray that you'll be blessed but uh what we saw, as we as we discussed yesterday, is, is quite possibly a significant sign, something that hasn't been seen in over eight centuries. And so we believe that the Lord is indeed speaking in multiple ways. As Jesus said, there would be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars. And indeed, we had one last night of a huge, huge proportion. And if you listen to anything, at least listen to yesterday's podcast as we covered at length uh, this great conjunction and quite possibly what is being said to us in the heavens uh, as we enter in to the final days of 2020 and head into 2021. And like we said, you know, it's Christmas week. And as we sit here today and we're approaching the close of the year again, we come back to where we feel the Spirit of God is leading us and what we are to teach, you know, America (laughs) It is incredibly unsettled right now as we approach 2021 and we've experienced this year together. You know, this whole world truly has changed. Uh, on November 3rd, we had a presidential election and the United States is still, as of this date, it's unresolved. Uh, the, in spite of what the media says, there's still a great struggle over what's uh, what's happening here and, and it's really still being contested. And really, truly great and, and powerful global forces. Um, <laughs> I was thinking about it today, man. They're like vultures in the desert, you know. Uh, they sense uh, a wounded prey. Uh, and, and And it's like these globalist powers are circling around our country. And the noose is tightening. And whether we want to hear it or not, we are in really, really big trouble. And uh, I'm not trying to be metal, melodramatic, but uh, we do this every single day and, and have for many years. And, and we have never seen a time like this. And, and we're not rookies at this anymore. I'm not claiming to be some great old sages or anything, but uh, all that we have learned, all that the Lord has trained us through the years, everything that he has imparted to us and and led us through, it's 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 all pointing to to where we are right now and we really do believe this country is hanging over the precipice if you will we're in big trouble brothers and sisters and the parallel uh you know the parallels between the last days of judah and our time right now are incredibly striking you know time was was now running out on judah and that's what we're going to look at today in jeremiah 5 i believe the lord has has given us a word uh for today and 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 what he was really placing in our hearts you know and and that's what we're going to look at when we pick it up time is running out on judah and 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 in an incredible display of of collective cluelessness of just how serious their condition was Uh, they persisted in their obstinance and And continued to ignore the Lord's warnings, which He had been given to them for for decades from his prophets. And so now, really, like we were just saying, it was as if they were hanging over the precipice of divine judgment which was coming their way, much like America is today absolutely asleep. You know, when we talk about judgment, you know, what we're really talking about, it's not as if God himself is judging. In many ways, when you study the the prophecies, what he is doing is actually removing his protective presence. and And that makes way for the judgment that comes down on his people. Understand, the forces of darkness are being held at bay over any nation that claims to have fidelity with God. But if the nation persists in rebellion... And in the breaking of God's established revelation in his word, particularly uh, against the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, and in, in their case, it was the Torah, it was the word of God and the word of the prophets. Um, then he has no recourse but to remove himself from that, that collective group of people. And in so doing, the the forces of darkness flood toward where the light once used to be. And that is how judgment comes about. So it's not really God himself that, is, that enacts that kind of judgment. He judges the world. But when it comes to his people, they reach a point where they're no longer capable of being reached. He has to remove his presence. And those of you who remember our studies in Ezekiel, which were very difficult studies, uh, that is basically what he showed his prophet, if you remember, his, his systematic removal from, from the ruling religious establishment, the political class, and and then ultimately his own sanctuary his own temple and how he made his way out it is the removing of god's presence that 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 leaves a vacuum that that gets filled and and that's what we call judgment that comes upon the people of god and and and, and i don't think we have realized in this country just how absolutely shielded and protected we have been and and we have been seeing the rejection of light, really, that began in earnest in the 1960s and, and has made their way up to what we see today, where God has sent his prophets early pleading with the country and, and reaching out to us and trying in multiple ways to wake us up across the landscape of generations. and And here we find ourselves today, right? I mean... <laughs> In a great display, however, as we're going to see right now, of the Lord's love for his people, the Lord moves upon the prophet Jeremiah, and he sends him to the capital city. And as we go through this teaching, I want you to reflect on the United States and where we are right now, because you're going to see some very interesting parallels here. And this is how we learn about God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so how he dealt with with the people of old, he continues to deal with people today. He hasn't changed. And so that is why we draw instruction from how a, 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 a nation acted toward God and ultimately what ended up being their demise. It wasn't an act of God that did this. It was their stubbornness and their refusal to hear, which was the product of years of decline spiritual decline to where they went beyond the point where even the obvious was no longer obvious and the influence of the spirit upon the heart and the mind became almost negligible to where they couldn't even be reached or could be convicted of their own decline of their sins jeremiah described it in the book of jeremiah as a people incapable of even blushing anymore of being embarrassed by by sin so that even that which uh, at the beginning would have been an offense to them suddenly became something that didn't even bother them anymore in the final days just prior to their inevitable correction, if you will. So the Lord sends Jeremiah to the capital city, really seeking a way to assuage their fate, you know, seeking a way to, uh, to to exhibit mercy toward them, even in these last waning moments. And and really what we're going to look at today and what follows is an account, uh, in our opinion, that eerily parallels Washington, D.C., political class, and the nation as a whole that we see today as we near the end of 2020. So with that in mind, I'd like Brother Jeremy uh, to, to begin reading today, if you would, Brother Jeremy, for us. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 5, and if you could, uh, read verse 1 through 4, and we'll, we'll discuss these things in Jesus'
0: name. Amen. Run ye to and fro through the streets of Jerusalem, and see now, and know, and seek in the broad places thereof. If ye can find a man, if there be any that executed judgment that seeketh the truth, and I will pardon it. And though they say, The Lord liveth, surely they swear falsely. O Lord, are not thy eyes upon the truth? Thou hast stricken them, but they have not grieved. Thou hast consumed them, but they have refused to receive correction. They have made their faces harder than a rock. They have refused to return. Therefore I said, surely these are poor, they are foolish, for they know not the way of the Lord, nor the judgments of their God.
1: Wow. They, they know not the way of the Lord, nor the judgment of their God. When we pick it up here in verse one, like Brother Jeremy just read, and brothers, please uh, uh, contribute as we go along, any, anytime you want to jump in here. Um Jeremiah has been prophesying and 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 telling them and warning them. And like we've talked about Jeremiah before, he's unique to the prophets uh in this respect in that he he was the prophet who not only prophesied of what was coming if they didn't turn, but he was he was there to witness the very prophecies that God had given him to pronounce over the nation. And so he actually is unique in that he witnessed what actually happened the book of lamentations for those of you who would like to read that are the account of the prophet after the judgment finally came in its totality and he laments uh that the people though god had sent them prophets for for decades um they didn't listen so when we pick this up in in chapter five verse one there's a sense of urgency already taking place it's it's a signal that the, that's come to Jeremiah the prophet uh, as God moves upon his spirit and begins to speak to him. And, and he tells him, you know, run to and fro through the streets of Jerusalem. And we're looking at parallels here between our time and their time. He sends him to the capital city, the most corrupt place in all of of Judah at that time. It had reached this point. And so when we pick it up in verse 5, you know, there's that sense of urgency. He's being moved by the Spirit of God to hurry because time is running out on on them, on the capital city. And so he, he tells him, you know, and really I just want to say this, you know, in Jeremiah's heart, like we said, there's this, this you know, this, this quickening. He's feeling moved now. Uh, you know, the prophecies he's been giving are being accelerated now there's a sense within his heart a sense within his his mind he knows that the shadows are growing longer and and the light is 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 beginning to be extinguished and he's compelled by the spirit of the lord to quickly go to the capital city and and in verse 1 what you're actually seeing is god's you know or the sense of who God really is, he he, he takes no pleasure in seeing the demise uh, of of his people. He takes no pleasure in seeing uh, the destruction of a nation. He even in this final waning moments prior to the judgment occurring, he compels his prophet to go run through the streets. It we we it you know we, we, it gives us that sense of of hurry because it's coming and and what i want you to do he tells him is to go to see now go see now and know he says in verse one and seek in the broad places if you can find one man if there's any that executes judgment any that's seeking the truth and then the lord says this in verse one i'll pardon it i'll lift my hand. Of, of uh, uh, the gavel from coming down on, on, on the ultimate judgment here. If you can just find one person, Jeremiah. This is this is interesting because can you read that again, brother Jeremy? Just the
0: uh, that uh, that first verse. Yes. Run ye to it and fro through the streets of Jerusalem, and see now and know, and seek in the broad places thereof. If he can find a man, if there be any that executed judgment, that seeketh the truth, and I will pardon it.
1: And I will pardon it. That's the heart of God. I mean, I mean he, he he wants, he's looking. What's being revealed here is he's always searching for a way. It shows us his heart. And 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 this is a mystery to me. First, he tells his prophet to go see now. It's it's timing specific, right? And the word means that he sends his prophet to inspect. And he tells him, "I want you to perceive, and I want you to consider. First thing I want you to do: go there, inspect what you see. This is the capital city now. Imagine us." walking into the corrupt halls of Congress in the Senate, man, or down on the streets of DC where they were burning the the oldest church in America over the summer. And, and uh, you know, we had troops in the streets and rioters and, and just a crazy thing, right? It's the capital city we're talking about. So uh, he says, I want you to go and inspect and I want you to consider what you see there. And, and, brothers, I want, I'd like to have your thoughts here because the way the Lord was ministering it to me this morning was, I called I wrote it down and called it the mystery of the witness. The mystery of the witness. It's a mystery that he would send to me, his, his prophet. And, 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 and as I dug into the, the thoughts of that, Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet. I remember Brother David Wilkerson one time said uh, when he was preaching, and he said, uh, you know, you're not qualified to be a prophet until you're able to, in private, weep and cry and have compassion for the very people that God sends you to when he brings a word of correction to them. You're not qualified until you're, you're there. And I thought that was such a, an incredible statement, and I thought about it. Well, yes, absolutely. The prophet is made in private, and when he steps out, he's overcome by the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and he speaks as an oracle of God. But he's also a man who's very familiar with the culture he finds himself in, and 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 he, he is sent now to the capital city. It's the final place, and, and it's a mystery of the witness. That's how God gave it to me. Uh, as as God's prophet, as God's servant, God is, it's almost as if God is telling his prophet, you need to go now because of what you've been preaching all this time. There's always a sense of hope because when you read Jeremiah's prophecies, he says this is going to happen to you uh, if you don't do this. If you'll do this, like repent and seek me and and acknowledge your sin, I'll avert what's coming. And so that's mixed within the very fiber of the soul and the spirit of the prophet here. And it's as if God says, go quickly. And it gives us an insight into the intercessory life of the prophet himself because of the words he uses. He says, I first want you to go inspect it. You go perceive in the depth of the spirit what's actually taking place here in this country and this nation and consider it and in some ways it's almost as if the prophet's heart has to come to the same conclusion as God himself and and there there's a connective spiritual cord there if you will if the prophet's heart comes to the conclusion that any further extending of the hand of opportunity for turning around uh, would be simply folly because it's not going to happen then then it's almost as if that's the point that we begin to see see the seal and the determination of the inevitable break forth into the capital city and really the nation itself what do you think about that guys
0: You know, I'll say this first, and, and that's, uh, I go back to the study we had a few months ago on Jeremiah, when the Lord would ask Jeremiah, what do you see? What do you see? And even though he saw a summer of fruits, but then he, he begins to declare what he saw and um, what other people could have perceived as um, good, <laughs> uh, Jeremiah saw it the way God intended it. To 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 see it, you know that that's that's a to me brother that's a um, a sign of how God deals with us. It, it ultimately is is for us to perceive what He sees. Isn't that what Jesus did? He would ask questions. Yeah. Who who do people say that I am? What do you say? Always asking questions to perceive. So I, I just on that little point, I I thought that was that that's incredible. Uh, giving Jeremiah an opportunity to see what God sees. Yes,
1: yeah. that's a good. Yes, yeah, that's that's, and that's a component of it. And and yes. and and yet, and and yet, in the finer thing that I guess I'm trying to say here, and maybe you know, uh, let me just say it the way I, the way I perceive it it's it's kind of like you made me think of the lord when you were you talking about there when when Jesus came to the mount of olives uh just you know as he was heading into Jerusalem and that would be his his final week on the earth as uh, before the crucifixion uh he came over the hill and you could see Jerusalem right and and that's what it says of the lord it says seeing the city he saw the city of Jerusalem and he wept It was after the weeping took place that he then declared, I would have gathered you like a mother hen gathers her chickens, but you refused. You would not. And then he says, and now your house is left to you desolate. So that's what I mean by the mystery of the witness. Even the Lord himself, perceiving the city of Jerusalem, comes to the conclusion, and it settled in his heart. The house is now desolate. He wept, even as jeremiah many years before centuries before had wept over his own people there's something about the relinquishing even though we're moved uh you know by a word of god or a sense of god there there has to come a finality there has to come a settling within the in the spirit uh of the heart of of this precious prophet of god and 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 god god takes him there because what it does if you dig deeper is it alters uh from that point on the way he's going to preach because when we get into the re- remainder of this in the time that we have left you'll see that he he begins to alter what he says and how he says it and and it it starts with the with almost the hope and that's why he told him to go quickly run to and fro through the streets of Jerusalem hurry up is what he was telling him it's almost as if he's giving his prophet the opportunity to one last time uh plead for them and he wants him to go see but god knew that once the prophet got there what he was going to find and what he would come to the conclusion of is it doesn't really matter anymore because what he's going to get into as he lays the case out is that the corruption has reached such levels as to be irredeemable at this point. Mm-hmm. Right. And and it, that's an extraordinary thing when you think about an entire capital city devoid of any kind of influence on it or any influence uh, that could be that could be uh, impactful enough to shake it out of its out of its right. stupidity. Go ahead, brother.
0: What were you saying? It's It's interesting because it it depicts exactly uh, what has happened in 2020. Let's reflect on 2020 as we go back, go into 2021. Um, God has allowed us to see, you know, other things have happened to our nation where we say this could be, but this year finally meet, we finally seem like a a finality, like a coming to grips as we end the year after running to and fro and seeing it's like we're coming to that, like this is very well the finality. We are entering the final frontier, destination of time. And and, and, and just for the first time, it was relentless. It's been all, the, all the, the year of 2020. And I think in many ways, this applies, right, to exactly yeah. where we're, we're at. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that we have, oh you know usually things happen but then they'll pass away we get hope but this time no matter how what angle we try to see it it's we see uh, that the nation is not turning back and on top of that we see that judgment is not being e- executed and that people for the most part are not seeking the truth yeah so uh and that's what yeah. we see right we we continue
1: to dig here and then he says He tells him, See now, and then he says, uh, And know, right? See now and know. And that word know is very interesting. Because first he tells him, Go inspect it, go consider what you're seeing. And then he says, And know something, Jeremiah. In other words, I want you to come to the moment where you perceive what you're actually seeing, find out for yourself. And then when you actually break down the word, it actually means to admit to yourself or admit what's actually happening here. So literally he's saying, go inspect it, go consider what you see, uh, but also perceive it at, at its ultimate, <laughs> it's at, its, at its deepest level, he wants him to perceive. See, brothers and sisters, <laughs> every great empire that ever met its demise It didn't come to that place overnight, but it came to that place nonetheless. And it is what the Spirit of God, the Lord himself, was communicating to his prophet. He was telling, for his own benefit now, go and and fully find out and then admit it. Where does one reach the conclusion of a matter? especially as it pertains to the judgments that befall a nation that once knew the glory of God, as ours has. Now, I know this is, this, is, this is not meant to be a doom and gloom kind of thing. It's meant to be a sobering, awakening kind of thing. Because in many respects, Jeremiah represents a class of people that, that exist within a nation. See, we know there were godly people there because they ended up coming up the influence of what would happen. As a matter of fact, Asaph was the one who predicted it. Turn over there really quick. I don't know if you guys remember this scripture. It's in Asaph 70 – uh Asaph. Psalm 79. He predicted what Jeremiah had prophesied before Jeremiah was even born. But, But he saw the destruction of Jerusalem. And look what he says in – Psalm 79, verse 1 and 2. Can you read that, Brother Jeremy?
0: Yes. O oh God, the heathen are come into the into thine inheritance. Thy holy temple have they defiled. They have laid Jerusalem on heaps. The dead bodies of thy servants have they given to be meat unto the fowls of the heaven, The flesh of thy saints unto the beast of the earth. Incredible.
1: And yet there's this promise in verse eleven what ASAP saw. Read verse eleven, Brother Jeremy.
0: Let the sighting of the prisoner come before thee according to the greatness of thy power. Preserve thou those that are appointed to die.
1: Incredible. And we're not going to dig deeply into this, but my point is is that there were good people there. Because that's what Asaph reveals by the Spirit of the Lord when he's prophesying the destruction of Jerusalem, which would happen in the days of Jeremiah. He talks about uh, his inheritance, and then he says uh, the bodies of your servants and and your saints are affected. Now, now <laughs> we can talk about it in the natural respect of the ultimate judgment that came down upon them. The good suffered with the with the bad. But in a spiritual sense, the nation itself has been defiled and opened up to all kinds of forces so that even the servants of God and the saints of God are now subject to an increase in demonic power, which is represented by the fowls of heaven and the beasts of the field. That is what we're seeing happening in our country right now. But later in verse 11 there in chapter 79, he, he appeals to God to preserve those that are his saints which he will and does by the blood of Jesus Christ. And so we know that there were people in the city that he calls his saints. The problem is, is that the city had come to a place, as we go back to Jeremiah 5, that the city had come to a place where it was no longer reachable, where even the saints of God no longer had influence on it, the true saints of God. Have you tried to talk to an unbeliever lately? Have you you exhausted your... Your your uh, your outreaches to those who have just hardened themselves and you wonder what's going on, you no longer have influence over them, not because you're not saying it right or because you don't have the presence of God in your life, but simply that the culture uh, by and large has reached the point of being beyond uh, <laughs> turning back uh, toward the Lord. They don't want to hear it. So even so, well, that's what he's asking Jeremiah to perceive when he sends him and says, quickly go, and you need to know this for yourself. It's why Jeremiah sat on the rubble when it actually happened and wept. He knew. He knew what was coming. It doesn't mean he wanted to see it. And unless we have that kind of a heart, I think we, uh, we're not capable of truly fully understanding how these things happen. How has America come to the place it has? It's not overnight. I was looking at some documentaries of the 1950s on on TV the other day, uh, and they were actually it was just like a sit down with with school children and their parents. What a different culture, man! I mean, it was just beautiful to hear them and their innocence. America was an innocent, beautiful place who's, who 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 was blessed and whose foundations were the Bible and and the love of God and the decency. And and our nation was, was blessed beyond any any nation ever in the history of the world. Much like Judah and Israel were. So he sends his prophet, he says, You need to perceive these things, you need to find out at the deepest level of your own self, to reach a conclusion and to admit the condition of what you see. And and here we see that you know, I think you know it's an acknowledgement he was asking Jeremiah to come to. You know, acknowledge it because it's connected to the judgment it's it's a sad state, but he had to admit it to himself. They've reached this point. What's interesting is he sends him to the streets, right what he says in verse one uh, where he tells him to uh to go through the streets, which are the the narrower places the streets are the narrower places and and see the activity there but where most of the people are are in the broad places the so first he starts in the smaller you know more confined spaces seeking somebody at in this capital city that god called or said you know are they executing judgment are they doing the right things are they seeking moral fidelity that's what the word seeking the truth means is the capital city truly seeking morality? We were just talking to, before the podcast, Brother Jeremy and I, about this latest $1 trillion or however many, $900 billion quote unquote stimulus package they just passed to help the poor people that they've been trying to kill for the last year here in this country by shutting their businesses down and shutting the schools down. And, you know, the little guys getting beat up on, people are going broke, on and on and on. And they passed this stimulus package not to help the people. They they <laughs> they gave hundreds of millions of dollars away, billions of dollars away to to major corporations. They even did they even gave fifteen million dollars for for gender studies. What has that got to do with helping the poor? They gave eighteen hundred dollar checks to the families of illegal aliens, undocumented. they're not even Americans. And only $600 to the poor people of America whose businesses they've made shut down. They gave more money to strangers who aren't even American than they did to their own people. And they're not even going to get it until after Christmas if they ever get it at all. Where is the moral fidelity in this country? That's what – those are the kinds of things. In the Christmas season even. I mean, it's crazy. They they sent $700 million to Sudan. A terrorist nation in East Africa renowned for its slaughter of hundreds of thousands of of Christians. That's
0: where they sent money to.
1: I don't want to get into that, but it sends them to the capital.
0: Go ahead. You know, all of this stems, number one, it starts in our pulpits and obviously in places of judgment. Whenever a, a nation fails or perverts the judgment right? The righteous judgment of God, it, it brings forth consequences. You know, you made me think about when uh, the mother of Solomon uh, uh, speaks, speaks to him in, in, in 31 and she, wanted, she says, do not pervert the judgment of any of the afflicted. Look at what we're speaking about, right? The stimulus package is an example that should be to help the needy. He says, open thy mouth for the dumb and the cause of us such as are appointed to destruction. Open thy mouth, judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor and needy. And whenever we cease to do that, in our pulpits and in our nation, you know, places of government, uh, the only thing that can await for us is judgment. Yeah. Judgment. And and that's why, you know, in, in part, you know, we can interpret a little bit at least in, in, in Jeremiah five one, that there be any that executed judgment that speaks knowingly the word, the oracles of God, right? That seeks right. the truth. And and that's the same thing going and happening in our nation today.
2: Yes. And and again when he's, he's talking about he's uh Brother Martin, ahead, he's, he's, he's 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 doing a systematic search and let's of 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 the society of Jeremiah's day for any righteousness uh and and and, and he's also laying out a case as to why judgment is coming it's coming um but he needs to show the prophet uh yeah. why it is coming he need, he needs to come to grips with it because ultimately by him doing that uh is going to propel his message to to another level yes right and exactly he can't, he can't he can't get to that place unless he he comes to the conclusion like my god you know he's laid he's laying out the proof as to why judgment has come and okay. i have to say what he tells me to say and he's making his way yeah. up to the, the 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 you know to to the religious establishment ultimately that's leading the nation um, yeah. You know, and through his judicial system as well. But he's starting at, 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 at the, you know, kind of where we're seeing, where we're seeing, everything displays on the streets and our television. Yes. Right. That's, that, that's, that, that's exactly. Yeah. But that's not, yeah. that's not the issue. You know, mm-hmm. he's going to make his way up to the Supreme Court of his day, and ultimately yeah. to the preachers, right? So he, right. He, he's, he's, he's taking them through a systematic. Uh, process of, uh, of the corruption that has bled over into the very streets of, of, of his day and to, to society, to the young generation, and and he starts there, which is prophetic yeah. of of what we're seeing today in our very own streets. And the question is why, right? Why like why why do our young people seem so godless? You know why why can't we like preach the gospel to them? what's taking Mm -hmm. place in their hearts and spirits that has hardened them or given them a reprobate mind to the gospel. Like almost, it it seemed like it happened overnight, you know, where you could be evangelistic in a nation and then all of a sudden you can't. Yes. You know, and and this is, yeah, and this is hard for people who are evangelistic, you know, and have evangelistic hearts and, and, you know, they they take this as well, the gospel has got to be preached uh and, and we're gonna preach no matter what the situation is. Well things have completely changed. It's a prophetic time now. Excellent. It, That's evangelism. Exactly. Evangelism is, is needed, it's key, but I think we've we've shifted over to a prophetic time. Yes. Where you have to lay what's at stake before the people. And I want to lead you to Christ, but at the end of the day, you're going to have to choose what side you want to be on. Incredible, lords or the devils, and that's how serious it is. And that's yes. that's what we're seeing here in in the uh, yeah. uh, in the, bu- I, the book of Jeremiah, and ultimately, that's what his message is going to be.
0: Yes, my brother, I think it's I think it's fascinating too, uh, brother Marty and brother Fernando. And this is just a thought. God could just come and bring judgment without including anybody, but he decides to include his servants in the council. The Bible says that we will judge. At the end, we're going to judge. <laughs> and does that make sense? To include us.
2: Yeah. yeah. I, I
0: think it's fascinating, you know, um, to to declare judgment. He uses, you know, his prophets. He doesn't have to, he can do it. He's God he makes us part of that council
2: man
0: This, this is, yeah. and and yeah. for god to include us i mean that's that's amazing that's part of our responsibility we will judge yeah one day with god i don't know i, I just yeah. thought that, that that also was no
1: that's a good that's a that's an interesting uh that's an interesting point there it's a good good one that's right no you not paul said you'll judge angels right so then that's what we're seeing here, the same kind of thing that I think that's what you're saying, and you're right. Yes. Take a look at the a, but see and then again we still see the heart of the prophet. Because there's this sense in verse one as if God is as if as if Jeremiah has been holding off though he's been preaching the judgment of God was coming. It's almost as if we have an insight here that his very uh fidelity to his calling was not only uh, manifested as, as the fiery prophet who was calling out his culture. But in the in, in the way that the Holy Spirit writes, we have insight here what he was like in private. And, and so when we pick it up in verse 1, it's as if God is saying, well, then hurry, go and look for yourself, because when he gets to the bottom of verse 1, he says, if you can find any man anywhere that's doing the right thing in that capital city over there at the high levels, he's saying, I'll pardon it. And it's almost as if we have an insight there that that's exactly what Jeremiah had been praying in private over the very people that he had been proclaiming to were in danger of the judgment of God. And, and there's this mm-hmm. sense from the Spirit of God there that he, he, he's saying, okay, you need to really go take an honest assessment here, because they've reached the point now where it's, it's, it's inevitable, but you yourself need to be convinced of it. You remember later on in the book of Jeremiah, he says, Don't pray for them anymore. You remember that? He says, Don't pray for these people anymore. I don't want to hear Absolutely. it. We won't listen. And that's kind of what he's saying here in, in verse one of chapter five. He's like, you go find somebody, even one dude amongst the aristocracy here and 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 you know, because the capital cities where all the big wigs are kind of like Washington, DC. He so said, You go find. You know, amongst all those lobbyists and business people and the king and his counselors and the ruling religious establishment. You go look amongst that class, because we just read in Psalm uh, Psalm 79 there that there were saints of God there. But none of those guys were influenced at all by them. They had been thoroughly corrupt. And so God says, you go find that one, one guy. He says, one guy. I'll pardon it. Which lets us know Jeremiah had been praying, oh, God. You know, don't <laughs> have mercy on these people. But even God reaches that point where He says, "No, uh, it's actually worse if I let it continue uh, than 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 putting a stop to it." So then, let's let's quickly go on here. So from that point on, he he's looking, he's he's surveying. He then goes from the the the, the streets into the broad places where most people are hustling and bustling around. You know, this is this is commerce. This is you know chariots going by horses people you know the marketplace all that stuff you know the activity and what he was trying to show him was look they're hanging over the edge of the cliff and they could care less they're so consumed and so caught up in the here and the now and what this world is and they're so corrupt they really don't care and the fact that the prophet could walk through them and, and them not even, like, stop or pay attention or whatever. None of that is being told us here. It's just as if everything's going on business as usual. Then God, you know, says, uh, uh, though they say the Lord liveth, surely they swear falsely in verse 2. What he's revealing there to him is that the the term the Lord liveth is that is that uh, it has that, the meaning of, of springtime. Like, everything is good. Everything's fresh and new and alive. They were caught up with a sense of frenetic energy, of excess, and 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 equated that, you know, that that emotional feeling of bliss and happiness because of their commerce and their, you know, they're in the they're in the main city and 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 they're all doing pretty well, and they could care less about anything. And they said, God's alive, everything's good. He says, but they swear falsely. They're they're absolutely, uh, they're using the circumstances of a temporary appearance that it's all going to be all right. Uh, And and, and they're swearing to each other and others. They swear an oath. It's it's cool. I mean, God's with us. He says it's false. Then he goes on to verse 3 and he says, uh, "O Lord, are not thine eyes upon the truth? Jeremiah is acknowledging by, by verse 3, he's already seen it. He's had enough, right?
0: Can you read verse 3, Brother Jeremy? O oh Lord, are not thine eyes upon the truth? Thou hast stricken them, but they have not grieved. Thou hast consumed them, but they have refused to receive correction. They have made their faces harder than a rock. They have refused to return.
1: So Jeremiah, in verse 3, what we see there is Jeremiah's come to the conclusion.
0: You're right, Lord.
1: You're seeing things exactly as they really are. You know, you, you, your eyes are upon the truth. This is the, the state. So he's surrendered to it. He understands it. And then he rehearses, because Jeremiah has been preaching for years at this point, right? And, and he rehearses how God, in his mercy, allowed things to come upon them. You've stricken them. But they didn't grieve. In other words, they, they had no lasting fear or trembling. That's literally what that means. There were there were certain events that apparently happened that didn't move them. There would be a temporary shaking, but they would go right back to what they were. That's what he means by, you, you know, he's rehearsing history of the city, which has been building towards this ultimate moment of, of the gavel coming down on the judicial bench and sentence being passed he says you know you 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 did strike them you did allow things to happen but they didn't respond there was no lasting fear or trembling i thought about i thought about our country you know i thought about how the 21st century began here 20 years ago in 2001 right we had 911 and and you know our two towers came down the pentagon was blown up on one side of it we sent troops Thousands of our our young men and women across the ocean to go fight wars in Afghanistan and in in Iraq and, you know, the rise of terrorism, all that stuff. Thousands and thousands of our young people died in, in foreign places. A sign of judgment, no victory. A corrupt military industrial establishment pumping out bombs and missiles and planes and tanks and, you know, all that stuff that they like to do because they're so greedy and they could care less as we gave our best and brightest uh, to die and bleed on, on foreign shores for Lord only knows what. We were stricken. The towers came down. I remember that 30 days. We've talked about it before of, of, you know, everybody's patriotic. The churches were full. But after about two or three weeks, four weeks, it was back to business as usual. And as long as the war was over there, and unless you actually had a son or a daughter in the fight, it really didn't affect you. Uh, you know, if you weren't a believer who was praying for them, that is. You've you stricken them, but they didn't grieve. And then he goes on to say, you consume them. You consume them. But they refused to receive correction. That word consumption uh, it has a has an economic component to it. And I thought about our country again. That's the same thing that happened. You know, we came out of... Uh, 9-11 and all the things we just discussed and then the next thing that hit the country in 2008 even up to this present time Has been economic devastation. We had a brief little couple years there uh, uh, 2018 and 2019 going into 2020 we were high on the hog again, but boom it's all been taken away and And he said you consume them even so you tried different ways of reaching them, but they didn't fear or tremble or change and and then you tried going after their pocketbook, but that hasn't worked. He says that the, the exact opposite has happened. They've made their faces harder than a rock, and they refuse to turn back to you. Then he goes on in verse four
0: to say what, brother? Says therefore I said, surely these are poor; they are foolish, for they know not the way of the Lord, nor the judgment of their God.
1: So Jeremiah, he said, I said, right? Did you see that? Therefore, I said. So his message is changing now. and, 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 And he is convinced. He fully understands what's happening. And so he declares, this is what I say about them. They're poor and they're foolish. And they do not know the way of the Lord or the judgment of their God and that literally means they can't even recognize they've been up under judgment to this point they've reached this point you know what jeremiah was actually saying was that okay i've seen these people that's why he says okay so i said surely these are the poor and they're foolish and that word uh poor literally means uh, that that the culture uh was what it was right but but then he concludes, these are the poor, these are the foolish, these are the regular folk. That's what Brother Fernando was talking about earlier. Okay, this is just the general population. They're foolish. They've actually become foolish. That's what that means. And they're slack. Remember, these are the this is the nation of God. He's in the capital city of Jerusalem where the temple is, so the word slack literally means they become spiritually lazy. And they show wicked folly. That's what the word foolish means. In other words, they they have embraced their sinful behavior. They've embraced it. This is the state of the affairs of their society, and really ours as well, if you'll be honest. And so he says, I said, okay, that's just the regular people. I know. I'll go look for some sanity in verse 5. Can you read that real quick, Brother Jeremy, verse 5?
0: I will get me unto the great men, and will speak unto them, for they have known the way of the Lord and the judgment of their God. But these have altogether broken the yoke and burst the bounds.
1: That's what Brother Fernando was talking about right there. That's what that's where he comes to. He goes to the Supreme Court of his day, if you will. He goes to the highest offices of the land. He goes to the very paragons of of uh, of, of society and and seeks there. To see if there's anyone there. The Lord had told him, go look for one man, right? I mean, go, <laughs> go check out the ruling class and see what kind of people are actually in the city. He concludes, well, they're just dumb and stupid, right? I mean, they're, they're, that's to be expected, I guess. So I guess what I'll try to do at this point is go to the people that should know better. Uh, you know, he goes to search and, and he concludes, you know, I'm going to go look for the great men, the elders. It literally means the elders, the men of stature, the distinguished. The the political ruling class, if you will, the king and his court and the religious establishment elite, the Sanhedrin, the, the, the high priest, the, the Levites running the temple. He went and looked at that level of society and he says, I'll go speak to them. I'm going to go converse with them, declare with them and also warn them. That's really what's in that word speak. Why? Because they know the way. They they know how God judges a nation. These, these aren't lightweight spiritual people here. They know. These are the aristocracy. They know better. But then he concludes, um, they've altogether broken the yoke. That's an intense thing that he's talking about there. Because the yoke indicates servanthood. Understand this that what he's addressing here is is really the same kind of concept that the United States was built on. Her ruling leaders should be viewed as yoke driven leaders. In other words, the yoke was what was put upon the ox, which is the servant, right? He has a yoke on him. He plows the field. These men uh, that God put over the nation were meant to be servants first to the Lord and then to his people. The people weren't just supposed to be their servants. They were supposed to be the servants of the people, guiding the people, directing the people, and implementing policies that benefit the people and the nation, uh, conducting and lifting up, uh, you know, righteousness and lifting up the standard of righteousness before the people. That's why Jeremiah went to them. He says, well, you know, the people are the people, right? You know, I guess I can't expect them to be more than they are, But but the great men. The the ones that God has elevated to these positions, they've broken the yoke. They no longer carry with them a a sense of the people and service of the people. They've broken that. And, of course, they've broken the yoke and the guidance of God himself over their lives. They've broken it. And and then instead, uh, also, they've burst the bonds and what that literally means is 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 they've taken or torn off uh, all restraint, the bonds, the things that 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 chastise them, their their own internal self. It speaks of the Holy Spirit, the thing that binds them to their servanthood to God and to the people, the moving of the Spirit. They've literally torn it off and cast it away from themselves, and that's why the whole place is like this. Now, read to us b-
0: verse six, brother Jeremy, as we hurry wherefore a lion out of the forest shall slay them and a wolf of the evening shall spoil them a leopard shall watch over their cities everyone that goeth out thence shall be torn in pieces because their transgressions are many and their backsliding are increased
1: wow now consider what he says is now coming because this parallels our time almost perfectly truly um, and, and 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 the three particular things that he identifies if you know scripture and you've been with us throughout the year you know that what he's referencing here are global empires he's referencing the global state and he's saying basically because i can't reach the regular people and really it's because of the elders that the people have declined to such a state and the elders themselves have broken off this attitude of being a servant of the people a servant of god and then a servant of the people and they've taken away any any uh, bi- the thing that binds them to the, to the moving of the spirit in their heart, they've cast it away. And so now he's witnessed and testified. Indeed, God's eyes are on the truth. And this is what I say now. He says, because you're acting like this. This is a man who's in his private prayer closet, been praying for the nation and the people. It's almost a really tragic day, if you think about it, because he's always hoped. He knows what he's got to say when he says, thus saith the Lord. But he's also a servant of the Lord. He's a type of Christ who stands in the gap and intercedes. But because of this now, he says, judgment is going to take the form, if you can hear it the right way, of a global state, a global empire. Because that's what would happen. Babylon was coming. But he describes it in, in, in three different characteristics. He says it's going to come and invade their land. And it's what's going to happen and is happening to the U.S. today it's going to take the form of three things and and if you if you can receive it this represents this global system this antichrist system the first thing he mentions is the lion out of the forest and it, and the lion will slay them we know that the lion is symbolic of babylon and what he was really saying spiritually speaking the forest is always or the trees are always representative, symbolically, in the in the in the in the Word of God, of the nations of the world. So he's saying that out of the nations of the world, a lion is coming. It, it represents that spirit of Babylon. It's the first thing he identifies, because he's been dealing with their moral decay and their spiritual decline. He allows it to come out after them. It's it's really spiritual corruption that you're witnessing here, and we ain't got time to get into all this. But this is Revelation chapter 13 that we're witnessing here. What was Babylon uh, famous for? Nebuchadnezzar's image. The, the taking of the holy vessels of God and mingling them with the unholy. It brought destruction upon them. He says, I'm gonna allow that spirit to come fully upon you. A lion out of the forest is how he describes it in biblical terms. The next thing he says is the wolf. The wolf, he says, uh, he describes the wolf of the evening shall spoil them. And, and really that's a mistranslation when you look at the word evenings. It literally means a particular kind of wolf that comes out of the desert. It's a desert wolf, really. And 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 uh, in studying what, what kind of wolf he's actually talking about here, it's a desert wolf, which is the kind of wolf he doesn't hunt alone, but he hunts as a collective. He takes other wolves, and, and in describing him as a wolf of the wilderness or the wolf of the desert or the house of the wilderness or the house of depression, really, however you want to say it, or oppression and depression. He's basically revealing to them, the lion from the forest, which represents spiritual corruption, which will invade your land, will give way to leaving you in a position as if you were in the wilderness, that there will be nothing around you to protect you or shield you in. You'll be exposed, fully exposed in a desert-like condition. And then what comes next is a wolf, like the predator. It's the spirit of Antichrist. It's the collective, because this desert wolf hunts in packs, We started out our our study this morning talking about how it's as if all the global powers of the world are circling the United States right now, trying with all their might to bring it down. Time is running out. We're headed into 2021. We're coming to a crisis moment right now. And like we said, unless God intervenes, this is our fate. This is what's coming. This is what's here. America has been left absolutely vulnerable because of her behavior over decades. And so he says the first thing would be the lion out of the forest, that spiritual corruption, that merging of the holy and the unholy, so that it becomes that Babylonian image. And then he says the wolf, the collective, uh, uh, is how this wolf hunts. And when he talks about that that wolf will spoil you, again, it's an economic component. It, it, It means literally anything of value that you have as a nation. It's going to be consumed by these wolves and they're going to move as one one unit and when you actually study this desert wolf which i've done it 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 prowls around with its other predator wolves and it looks for weaknesses it looks for weaknesses until it spots weaknesses and then they move together to exploit those weaknesses until ultimately they've overrun you and take the prey in this case it's it's the economy They're after the wealth, the riches of your nation is what Jeremiah was saying. That's what he's saying to America today. This is the form that it's taking. But then the most striking one of all, if you know your Bible, is is the phrase, the leopard. The leopard shall do what? Watch over their city. It's the third component of the global state that's seeking to take control of this country, even as it did Judah of old. The leopard, if you know, as you've been with us over, over time, is mentioned in Revelation chapter 13 as being one of the chief and major components of the beast that rises up out of the sea. The leopard is also mentioned in Daniel chapter 7, the leopard with the four wings, it represents Alexander the Great. But what they were famous for, as we've talked about many, many times, is the speed by which they move. And secondly, it's, its military component. In other words, imposing draconian situations upon unsuspecting people. And so he says it's going to be a lion from the forest, a wolf from the desert, but it's going to ultimately manifest itself as a leopard watching over your cities. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the surveillance state we're talking about here, watching over your cities. It's already here, and it's going to grow in 2021, and like the leopard, it's coming fast. I was reading an article this morning. Uh, the great leader from Communist China, Xi Jinping, was recently in uh, at the G20 summit, and uh, which is where all the economic people get together. He makes this speech, and listen to what he said here. Uh, Xi Jinping uh, uh, is calling for countries across the world to accept a global COVID-19 tracking system a leopard shall watch over your city, that uses QR codes in an attempt to expedite international travel. Listen to this. Xi proposed the concept during the virtual G20 leaders meeting on Saturday, this past Saturday, noting, listen to this, that this global mechanism uses an electronic barcode that would help determine a traveler's health status. According to the Chinese-run government news agency, South China Morning Post, China has proposed a global mechanism on the mutual recognition of health certificates. They're creating a global tracking system here, brothers and sisters, based on nucleic acid test results in the form of internationally accepted QR codes. We hope more countries will join this mechanism. And listen to this insanity. We need to further harmonize policies and standards. Harmonize policies and standards. Do you hear what he's saying? We're moving as a globe now. There's only one nation standing in the way, and the leopard has come to her shores. In order to establish, listen to this fast tracks to do what? Listen to this language to facilitate the orderly flow of personnel he doesn't call you people (laughs) he doesn't call you people he thinks of you as robots or personnel people to be utilized by the elite i could go on but the system provides users with a color code basis based on their risk of exposure to the virus And the QR codes are barcodes that can be read on your mobile devices. That's the surveillance state. I could go on with article after article after article. The leopard is here. And it's something that, that God told them was coming to them precisely because they refused to turn. You need to hear these things. Because when you wake up on January, even probably before the end of the week, I mean, we are headed to a crisis. January 6th is a target date. That's when they seat the electors and determine who's going to take this country over. But there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes. Like we said, people are jockeying for position. All the scenarios end badly. They just aren't going to turn out good. I wish I could be a bearer of better news, but this is what God said. A lion out of the forest, a wolf of the desert, and the leopard shall watch over your cities. And then he talks about it this way. He says, "Everyone that goes out shall be torn into pieces." In other words, it, you know, to put it in modern-day terms, you go and come as they dictate to you. You choose to break that law, you'll be you'll be torn to pieces, basically. You've come up against something. The leopard, it is the beast system that is right on the doorstep now. It's coming quicker than you possibly imagine. Wake up, because that's what's here. I, take, I, I I stick my neck out on the line when I record these things. I understand what I'm saying, and I pray to God I'm wrong. But see, Jeremiah took the journey. I ain't no Jeremiah. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is I'm we're taking the journey behind him and learning from what he experienced. He came to the place where he understood by the Spirit of God based on what he saw. He had to conclude what he concluded. This is after years of trying to to, to to reason with them. He says, you've reached this point. It's 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 going to happen. And the reason in verse 6, he said, is your transgressions are many and your backslidings are increased. In other words, you not only, there used to be a time where you'd backslide and repent and come back. God could move you back to himself and he'd forgive you and you go on. But he says, by the time you come to this point, which we're talking about, He says, your backslidings are increasing. In other words, the the pull of the spirit on you, the convicting power of God in whatever practice of sin that you're involved in as a collective nation. He says, you've increased in going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, which proves you haven't truly repented. As a result, in the meantime, when you've been all caught up and consumed in your own behavior, the lion, the wolf, and the leopard. Have infiltrated your land and so then he says
0: in verse 7 can you read that brother Jeremy verse 7 how shall I pardon thee for this thy children have forsaken me and sworn by them that are no gods when I had fed them to the full they then committed adultery and assembled themselves by troops in the harlot's house houses incredible
1: and that That was taking place in the natural, but let's 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 put some spiritual understanding on this. What is he actually saying, spiritually speaking? He's still addressing the elders, and now he begins to tell them, "How can I pardon you for this? He's speaking by the spirit of God. I can't pardon you. I can't pardon you for this. Notice he doesn't lay the blame on the children. he lays the blame on the elders, and that that they 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 bear a greater responsibility, like you were talking about earlier, you were saying you know it, it falls right on the doorstep of the preachers that were the caretakers and elders that should have known better where they led the people over the last three decades, especially. Notice what he says to the elders, your children. What is this a type of in our day? A type of the uh, the, the ruling class religious elite. The children they produced are children that forsake God. And and they've become fully idolatrous. A, a, a co-mingled kind of congregation. They swear... By them that are no gods They're idolatrous Then he says When I had fed them to the full And I blessed them They were prospered But then they began to commit adultery The very prosperity that God gave To the nation Produced within them A wandering sort of idolatrous And in this case He he, he, he talks about it in the, in the realm of, of adultery But he lays the blame At the elders doorstep and says, these are the kinds of children your ministry, your caretaking, your guidance has produced. It is the ultimate expression. It's the full flowering. It's the harvest fruit of, of, of years and years and decades of decline and perpetual backslidings. he said. They're your children. They're idolatrous. They've been prospered, but yet they have become adulterous. And listen to this. They assemble themselves by troops in the, in harlots houses. <laughs> oh my goodness, what is this? Uh, to me, it speaks of the mega churches because that's literally what he's talking. They, they they gather in these huge numbers, and instead of being in what they call it the church, but God called it a harlot's house. And what does a harlot do? She gives herself in whatever way she needs to. In order to get the thing that she wants she's she's totally driven and 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 I see mega churches in the United States right here. I don't know if you can see it, but verse eight says they were as fed horses in the morning. everyone was neighing after his neighbor's wife this is this is coveting each other's ministries this is coveting your neighbor's things your neighbor's wife your 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 uh <laughs> Your friend's business, whatever it may be, it, it just produces this, this culture of lust and and self centeredness and amongst God's people now we're not talking about the world here, we're talking about God's people here, a nation that claimed to be a godly nation, a Christian nation in our case. A nation that had the label as being the people of God in, in Judah's case, but so then the Lord pronounces why he's justified in and what is soon to follow. And he and he tells them in verse ten and eleven, you've broken, you've broken our relationship. Could you read that verse ten and eleven, brother Jeremy? We're almost done.
0: Go ye up upon her walls and destroy, but make not a full end. Take away her battlements, for they are not the Lord's. For the house of Israel and the house of Judah have dealt very treacherously against me, saith the Lord.
1: So what she trusts in. She thinks she's strong, but she's weak. And where she's placed her trust, her battlements, the Lord says, those aren't mine. In other words, if God's blessing isn't upon your, <laughs> you know, your your tank, your bomb, your Air Force, whatever you want to call it, man, they're not going to stand. Didn't we see that over the summer? And haven't we seen that leading up to this? And even since then, uh, the police officers being completely powerless what society once trusted in, the police, to protect them, they simply got out of the way and watched cities burn to the ground. Her battlements, everything that she trusts in for her security, it's all breaking down. That's what he said. Because unless the Lord blesses it, it doesn't matter. You can have, you can have a sling and a rock and bring down a giant if God is with you. Or you can have the most vaunted military on the planet, and you can't win the battle. Because your battlements don't have the presence of God on them. That's what he goes on to say. So you're not going to be able to stop this. It's already happening. It's happening in our country right now. And then they're totally delusional.
0: Read verse 12, Brother Jeremy. They have belied the Lord and said, it's not he. It is not he. Neither shall evil come upon us. Neither shall we see sword nor famine. That's America right there.
1: Oh, you doom and gloomers, you prophets of doom. You know, That's not the Lord. That's what they were saying. Totally delusional. They've got the lion, the, the, the wolf, and the leopard all over them. And they've had all kinds of things happening to them. This is the capital city now. So arrogant, so proud, so idolatrous, so corrupted, that even when the man of God came and said, look, this is what's happening. They said that's <laughs> that's about the Lord. There's nothing bad gonna happen, really. You actually think that there could be an invading force come into our land? The sword? Do you actually think the breadbasket of the world could go hungry? You remember the Depression, people? If you know your history, it can have. You remember the dust bowl that, that that whipped up in the Midwest and destroyed crops? We had a 700 mile wide storm. I don't think you realize what 2020 is all about. A 700-mile storm, the size of a tornado. It was it was a tornado that blew through Iowa and all this. you remember over this over the, early on in the in like May or April or something like that? You guys remember that storm? And it destroyed 14.2 yeah. billion cubic acres of our of our of our uh, corn and wheat and all that stuff. So don't think we can't lose our food in an instant. People are already seeing shortages. And what's coming is gonna be so tracked and so regulated and so controlled that if you don't play ball with these people, the leopard, the wolf, and the lion it's not good it's not good news. They were totally delusional. And then God says
0: something about their preachers again in verse 13. Can you say it, Brother Jeremy? And the prophet shall become wind, and the word is not in them. Thus shall it be done unto them. That's probably the ultimate of all judgments.
1: Is that, that your spiritual leadership has absolutely nothing to say. They're empty. I don't know if you paid any attention as to what's actually being said out there by these knuckleheads that call themselves prophets. They're pathetic. They are indeed like Jeremiah described them, like when. And 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 that's a form of judgment. When a nation has that kind of spiritual leadership, that's what God's telling Jeremiah to tell them. That that you <laughs> you're up under judgment, you're just too stupid to see it. And so God says He says, Here's the true word, verse 14. Wherefore thus
0: saith the Lord, God of hosts. Because ye speak this word, behold, I will make my word in thy mouth fire, and this people would, and it shall devour them.
1: Incredible. It's
0: basically, spiritually
1: speaking, that the word itself is, is a testimony against them, and it's energized by God to bring to pass what it is that he moved upon his servants to declare. Because you speak this word now. You know, you've crossed over from verse one to where you've been seeking me to pardon these people. But now, you know, as we went through the chapters, now you've concluded. And because of it, your message changed. Just like Brother Fernando said, your message now is one of inevitability. And then this is this is incredible because is this not China today? China, America. Listen to this. Verse 15.
0: Lo. Lo. I will bring a nation upon you from far, O house of Israel, saith the Lord. It is a mighty nation. It is an ancient nation, a nation whose language thou knowest not, neither understandest what they say.
1: Yeah, and then they go, he's talking about this is, again, we're learning from ancient history here. How did God deal with this nation, this nation of Judah and Israel? He said, when you know that you know that you know those of you can see it's the same god yesterday today and forever he brought a nation into the very fabric of his people's country and land an ancient nation he said you don't even understand their language you you, you, they're mighty and and you don't understand what they say (laughs) unless you've been paying attention or been under in a cave somewhere haven't been paying attention there there is a there is a dragon that is all up and in this country it's called china it's that ancient nation it has infiltrated this land i'm just telling you the parallels are striking and what are they going to do is what he says here, what should have been for your blessed children and you and for generations to come, they're going to consume it. As a matter of fact, they have been for the last 20 years, if you really know you're paying attention to what's actually been happening on the global stage. But listen to what he says in verse 16, 17. Brother Jeremy, could you read that?
0: Their quiver is as an open sepulcher. They are all mighty men, and they shall eat up thine harvest and thy bread which thy sons and thy daughters city. They shall eat up thy flocks and thy herds. They shall eat up thy vines and thy fig trees. They shall impoverish thy fenced cities, wherein thou trusted with the sword. I
1: mean, that's self-explanatory, right? But notice what they're after. Harvest, bread, flocks, vines, figs it's an ancient nation that needs food for its people and they're using this most fertile ground and they come that's their intent is to come take it from us and in their case from them from us this is what china's trying to do buying up all our companies infiltrating every strata of our government it could very well be that the manchurian candidate they they want to install we've been shown even though the media has tried to cover it up that the dude's all up in in business dealings and his son and his brother they're a relative political crime family doing the bidding of their chinese masters <laughs> i sound crazy right but that's what we're seeing an ancient nation whose language we don't know and what are they after they're after the breadbasket of the united states they might burn down a city or two probably the capital city if they have to but they're gonna—they're after our corn, our wheat, our oil, our precious resources, things that were given to this country because it once served God and it should have been for generations and generations—is going to be given to another people. Oh Lord Jesus! So Jeremiah says this astounding thing in 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 verse 19. What does he say in 19, Brother Jeremy?
0: It shall come to pass when you shall say, Wherefore doeth the Lord our God all these things unto us? Then shalt thou answer them, Like as ye have forsaken me, and serve strange gods in your land, so shall ye serve strangers in a land that is not yours.
1: In our case, how the Lord ministered that to me today. In other words, it's always the tendency of people to say, why is God doing this? He's a mean God. God God didn't do this to them, and he didn't do it to us. We did it to ourselves. And in essence, in verse 19, even though these people were going to be taken away, to put it into modern-day language, what's happening in this country, brothers and sisters, if things continue to go the way they're going in the next couple weeks, as we enter into 2021, we're going to wake up. And, and we're going to be surrounded by strangers. And the America we once knew, it's going to seem as if it's a land that no longer belongs to us. A land that is not yours. Strangers are in it. Oh, he says. This is what he tells him to say in verse
0: 20 and 21. Can you read that, Brother Jeremy? Declare this in the house of Jacob and publish it in Judah, saying, Hear now this, O foolish people, and without understanding, which have eyes and see not, which have ears and hear not.
1: And then he goes on out of absolute
0: astonishment in verse 30 and 31 to say what, Brother Jeremy? A wonderful and horrible thing is committed in the land. The prophets prophesy falsely, and the priests bear rule by their means. And my people love to have it so, And what will ye do in the end thereof? My Lord,
1: what will you do in the end thereof? The ultimate conclusion. This is what we're seeing now. Brother Jeremy, could you turn over to Proverbs chapter 27? As you say, well, Brother Marty, you've just got me absolutely depressed and I was going to go have like eggnog and go to the Christmas party. Now I, I just think it's time to just cry well (laughs) it it ain't that way at all seriously because god has his people we're talking to people i know you out there i i know because of what you write us and tell us you know that god is stirring your heart you know these things are true you know it You, you may not it may it ain't comfortable but we're addressing a particular elite we're talking about Washington, D.C. We're talking about this country. We're talking about where we're headed in 2021. God has his people. This is the encouraging word to me because he's warning us. He's telling us. He's been telling us all year. All of us. And and so, so to us, this is what he says in verse, what is it, chapter 27, verse 12. Would you read that?
0: Yes. A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself but the simple pass on and are punished
1: and can you read chapter 28 verse 5 brother Jeremy
0: evil men understand not judgment but they that seek the Lord understand all things a prudent man foresees the evil if you're still with us
1: after all these months then you know and have obviously entered into fellowship with us. And you know what we're talking about is true. We've given you scripture for almost 10 months, straight out of the word of God. And we've taken you in systematic ways through the Bible. We haven't hunt and pecked scripture out. We've taken whole passages and exegeted or explained prophetic significance for our time. And it's from that, as mature believers or being led to become mature believers, that we are also being given information in these prophetic times. Like Brother uh, Fernando said earlier, these are prophetic times. This is, and Brother Jeremy was pointing out, these are not days like they always used to be. When will we fully come to grips with that? We're all on a different place with with that surrendering to what Jeremiah had to surrender to. He had to perceive it correctly and allow it to truly settle in his spirit. And once he did, he found comfort, strength, and began to proclaim the truth. And so we have these instructions from Proverbs, right? A prudent man sees the evil. He hides himself. What are you saying, Brother Marty? In these coming days, brothers and sisters, lay low. Because they're trying to implement a global system that is going to ultimately enslaved the whole planet and it's coming quickly it's already in place they're already doing it what do you think this whole mask thing has been about all all year long even now when they're giving out vaccines across the world they're still telling us you still have to wear the mask why do you still have to wear the mask if you're getting a vaccine and and, and you ain't got no symptoms and you know supposedly you're being uh, immunized from this uh, this disease this covid 19 disease it's about control don't you see that They're trying to condition our minds what about the the global media shutdown you have to really know what you're doing to find out accurate information nowadays and and the right places to go because if you listen to the national media you're getting a narrative what's happening before our eyes they're implementing draconian uh uh, censorship in the freest country on the face of the earth who do you think's driving this would it be that ancient nation whose language we don't understand that's after the very resources they need to sustain of one point six billion people in their country? See the prudent man sees this, he says, and he begins to hide himself. We're going to need to be wise and hide ourselves, however shape that takes for you and me is is you know it's up to all of us to figure that out for ourselves, right. But we need to do it. Those who are simply, he says, they just keep going the way it is. And they end up coming under the severity of a situation like a snare, Jesus called it. And they didn't see it coming simply because they ignored it or they they, they poo pooed it off as they say. They just yeah, you guys are just crazy. I'm telling you, you're not gonna call us crazy in about a few weeks from now. If you if you think we are. You'll be back. I encourage you to go back and listen to these messages since March up until now. Because the Spirit of the Lord has been guiding all of us. We've been on this journey together, all of us together. And it's come to this. And and, and it really comes down to that, right? Do you see what's happening and, and, and do you respond accordingly? Because God is telling us what to do. verse 5 of chapter 28 of proverbs he said the evil men don't understand when judgments upon them he said but they that what seek the lord understand all things that's you brothers and sisters out there i know you wouldn't be listening to these podcasts if you haven't been seeking the lord and you know in your heart what god is telling you he's going to lead us he's going to guide us each and every one of us strategically placed where we find ourselves at this time, in these prophetic times, we are going to and have been being given information and leading by the Holy Spirit. However that is for you. We ain't got no list. We ain't got no book that we're offering. None of that. You can listen to the Spirit. He will lead you. It's different for you than it is for me. It's different for my brothers than it is for me. And on and on and on. But the basic principle is the same. Hide yourself. Keep your head down. That's what they used to tell us in the military. Keep your head down. When the bullets are flying, if your head's down because you saw it coming, you're going to be all right. Well, you sound like one paranoid dude. I'm not paranoid, brothers and sisters. (laughs) I'm a realist. I know what's happening. And I know you do, too. Look. We don't take any joy in some of the things we've had to share. Trust me, it ain't fun. But there's a strange comfort to it. It's kind of like when they tell you stuff like, you know, I got some good news and I got some bad news. Which one do you want to hear first? We always say, give me the bad news first. Why? Because if I can deal with it and I know what's coming, I can deal with it. So, 2021, again, unless the Lord intervenes, we're going to see a quick and swift decline in what freedoms we have we have known in this country. It is inevitable. It's already happening, and it has been happening all year. It's going to be incredibly quickly coming upon the earth. I encourage you go get Klaus Schwab's book, COVID-19 and the Global Reset. Go get a uh, copy of his book called The Fourth Industrial Revolution. They tell you everything you need to know right there. These are the global elite. He released that book in July of 2020. He's the head of the World Economic Forum. He's all tied up with China. He's all tied up with the EU. All these people have been planning this for years. And Like we've talked to you about before, they didn't load their gun just to show off and not intend to use it. They didn't loosen their tie if they didn't intend to, 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 you know, or open their coat, you know, however you want to say it, man. They didn't put on their jogging shoes if they weren't willing to run. I mean, they're, they've told us and they've showed us. They're taking their shot right now. That's what we find ourselves involved in. And the prudent, the wise, Jesus says in his word, he sees it. She sees it. And she moves accordingly to hide herself from the fray you must get informed it's time to grow up people i'm going to say it to the end of the year it's time to grow up you are not going to play church let me tell you you're not going to play church you want to go off with those false prophets you want to go off listening to those people blowing wind as god describes them you want to go play with that crowd again then I ain't got nothing to say to you. But those of you who Daniel was told are called the wise. You understand. Now settle it, all of us in our heart, and let God have his way. Because the truth of the matter is the conclusion for a nation that has has uh, <laughs> turned its back on the Lord for a very long time, the Lord has warned and has sent his prophets early. But this country refused. Instead, we persisted in breaking the yoke and bursting the bonds, as Jeremiah said. And for those who love the Lord, you know his word is true. But know this also. He loves you. He will always preserve his people. These days must come. They have been prophesied. For the foolish, it's going to overtake them completely unaware, although it's been coming for quite some time now. But for the wise, the children of the Most High God, you, my brothers and sisters, you don't need to be afraid. It's truly, we know something that they don't, that it's not going to be long now, and the kingdom of heaven will come. So lift up your eyes. To the heavens like our lord told us to and do what the book of revelation says enter into an agreement with the holy spirit for it says the spirit and the bride say even so return quickly lord jesus is our prayer we love you we give you what we can give you by let me tell you something <laughs> by much prayer hallelujah we don't take lightly our responsibility We work in the field of the Lord. We are laborers in the house of God. And I will not stand before him on that day and say, I didn't try and give everything I could to tell you what I see in his word, what my brothers see in the word. I have calluses on my knees praying over these podcasts. I take these things very seriously. I don't need nobody's sympathy. I'm a big boy. I don't need nobody's pat on the back. I've done away with that years ago. I'm trying with all my might to tell you, these are those days. We must pray and ask God, open our hearts, incline our feet unto your path. Help us. Help us not to look at things we shouldn't look at. Help us not to think in the certain ways we should think. Help Help us not to be tied up in this world. Help us to get real help us we need your help god help us to take care of our children help us to love our wives help us to take care of our neighbor help us to prepare for what we see coming help us to grow up when i was as a child i thought as a child but when i became a man i put away childish things enough away with these crazy songs, the fog machines, the tattooed preachers, the mega churches where nobody knows anybody, away with all of it. It's all coming down and has come down. And his church is returning to the days of the book of Acts. You may not agree with everything we say, but pray and ask God and see if these things be so. Over the next three days, you'll see on our podcast series, we're going to be putting up messages that we think, you'll find incredibly fascinating. It's a review, really, of messages that we've selected for you to listen as we head into to the final days of 2020. It's, it's 2020 in review, and it's up to you whether you want to listen or not. We'll be back January 28th, Monday, as we close out the year together. What happens after that? What might happen before that? We don't know. If something spectacularly horrible happens or a crazy event happens, come and find us. We'll be on this podcast. But until then, hold your children close, love each other, take care of each other, and celebrate as we set aside this time to reflect on the birth of our Savior this Christmas season. Be good to each other, love one another, and take stock in what really, really matters. We love you. And we pray you have a wonderful week. We'll see you on Monday the twenty eighth. In the meantime, if you got time. We're going to post those messages Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Be blessed. The Lord love you. As Brother Jeremy says, the Lord keep you. And in all things, don't forget, keep
0: looking up. God bless. Amen. From our family to yours, Merry Christmas. Enjoy this time with your family. And we look forward to coming to you again Monday, Lord willing. And uh, as Brother Marty says, we love you and pray for you. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. And as always, keep looking up.